This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's hit the uh, guest lines. Welcome aboard. Talk a little bit more NFL. Bobby Carpenter joins us now. Hey, Bobby, Taz and the Moose with you. Thanks for a couple minutes this morning. What's up, Bobby? Hey, gentlemen. My pleasure. Yeah, you got it. Uh, you know, when you know, so many different ways you can go uh, reacting to what transpired yesterday, Bobby. But I guess, um, you know, what Im- what impressed or stunned you the most by what transpired on the first NFL Sunday? Ooh, gosh, there was, uh, you know, there was a, a couple things. Number one, probably how bad Miami was. I mean, I understand what you're trying to tank, but I mean, I don't think the the Baltimore Ravens are the best team in the NFL, and it looked like a Big 12 game at points out there. Um, Atlanta going into Minnesota, and I think part of it is Atlanta didn't play very well, but Minnesota, I think, is a team that is going to challenge in the NFC. And then I was surprised at how bad the Cowboys beat up on the Giants, to tell you the truth as well. I thought the defense would be a little bit better than that, but Cowboys look to be clicking on all cylinders on offense, and I was surprised that like you don't get Daniel Jones in there at some point in the fourth quarter. Yeah, they had him in, as you know, Bobby Earl, um, late and very late in the fourth quarter for a few. Then he fumbled when he was going for a first down, but he didn't play much. To your point, I agree with you. I thought they would have played him a lot more. So they had uh, they, they were getting beat up on. But so, uh, got to ask you know, uh, nothing to do with yesterday, but Antonio Brown. Obviously, everything that's been going on. Just love to get your feelings on on everything that transpired with Antonio Brown from over the weekend and now that he's on the Patriots and all of the drama, the plethora of issues <laughs> with the Raiders and whatnot. Um, love to get your take on it, man. Well, the, the plethora of issues, you know, and you begin to look back on everything that happened. You know, I think as he was probably on that Raiders team, you realize they probably weren't very good. And people don't turn down that much guaranteed money unless they know they're going to get money somewhere else. So it wouldn't surprise me if the last week and a half, you know, his agent Drew Rosenhaus is working back channels, kind of seeing what was potentially out there. Should he not be a Raider if there was interest in other teams? Because I think the Patriots were interested initially, but the Steelers wouldn't trade him to a team that they, you know, even though they're not in the division, they're really, you know, a big rival for him on like an AFC. Sure, of course. On an AFC scope. So I think he kind of ended up probably where he wanted to be. And yeah, he gave up really the whole second year of guarantees and the third of the guarantees in this season. But, you know, without seeing the full structure of the incentives, I wouldn't be surprised if he's able to earn back that entire $15 million that he was supposed to get this year anyway. Yeah, and, and do you think it works for A.B. up in New England? You know, when you watch the Patriots do this, you know, you look at Corey Dillon, Randy Moss, works really well. Chad Johnson, Albert Hainsworth didn't work out really uh, at any level. I think it's probably going to be more like the Moss-Dillon situation. A.B. still has a ton left in the tank. And the one thing he does do is he works hard on at practice. There's a lot of ancillary things that happen, but – you never see anybody in New England ever get heavily involved with stuff in social media. And so I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I don't know if they have a scrambler there with Belichick when you get, in, <laughs> when you get there. I mean, but, but he addresses it with the team. Like, nobody really talks about it. Nobody leaks things out on Twitter. And Instagram. Like, that's not a deal for them. So if, it, if he doesn't do that, it will work. And I anticipate that he'll keep that under control and, and partially 
because of Bill, and the other part because of Brady. Right, right, and Brady, as you know, I'm sure you heard this. He offered, <laughs> he offered for a while, while Antonio Brown's getting situated up there in New England for for him to stay at his house. That's pretty nice for Brady. Now, are, you, are, are you guys married? Yes, yeah, both, both. both of us are. Yeah, yeah, both. I mean, I wonder if he ran that by his wife first. <laughs> um, you know, good like, point. It's like you asking one of your buddies to come stay. For, yeah. hey, come stay for a couple of days, maybe for a week. Yeah, yeah right. Hey, honey, I got Mr. Big Chest staying at the house. Uh, Do you mind? I mean, Mr. Big Chest. <laughs> you know what I mean? The guy with the blonde mustache? That guy with Lil Wayne? That was was, uh, Beckham. But here's the difference, Bobby. My house is 1,800 square feet, not (laughs) 18,000. So, I mean, you know, Antonio Brown could be staying Uh, there, and you'd have no idea that Antonio Brown's staying there. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that might be part of it. Tom's all all in on this, I think. Did you watch the Patriots play last night? That offense is really good already, and if you add him into this, I, I'm not sure there's going to be anyone else that will be able to slow him down. Um, you mentioned it. You know, I thought Taz and I talked about a lot this morning, Bobby, in, in terms of uh, one of the surprises yesterday. How about the Browns and, and what was just an overall pitiful performance at home against the Tennessee Titans? All the headlines they got in the offseason, sloppy game, 18 penalties over the course of the game, Mayfield with three turnovers, three interceptions thrown. What about what you saw from the Cleveland Browns and the idea that maybe this kind of performance will be good for the Browns long-term in 2019? You know, I was, I was trying to kind of avoid that and like keep that out of my memory. Um, <laughs> and sometimes you, you get caught up trying to watch all these games yesterday. And, you know, the Browns, they came out and they played really good in their first series and looked great. And then all of a sudden, stuff started falling apart. And I think, you know, Baker was trying to press in the second half. And sometimes that happens. You start throwing picks. But I was really disappointed with the Browns' defense, you know, and, and, how, and their offensive line, being able to protect Baker, get the running game going. And they let a Tennessee team really run all over them. And their tackling was bad. Like, those were the things that were more disappointed me outside of them not really being able to score the football. You know, they moved it. They just couldn't get it going on third down. And a lot of points. A lot of parts of that is when you look at all the yardage, especially through like two and a half quarters when it was still pretty close, is they had tons of yards but not any points because they, they just took the penalties. There was a massive amount. And so they keep picking up yards, but then they keep moving back so they weren't able to convert on third down. And it, it is good for them because sometimes like a good beating might promote some personal growth. Everybody takes a little bit of a look in the mirror, tries to figure things out. And you know, sometimes you have to actually lose the game I think in Philadelphia and Washington, Philadelphia somehow looked like two different teams from the first half to the second half, so they were able to hopefully learn some things in a win. But, you know, the thing is, you go back and look at last year. There's things that happened week one. You watch the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat up on the Saints pretty good, and then all of a sudden the Saints look like the best team in the NFL five weeks later, and Tampa Bay is obviously on their way to being near the bottom. And, and so uh, it's trying not to overreact in, in just the one thing. I think the Browns still have a really talented roster. I do like Freddie Kitchens. If the turnovers or if the uh, turnovers and the penalties continue in the next week, then you have a problem. But if he's able to get those things corrected, then I think moving forward they're going to be a team that everybody expected them to be. Uh, you listen to Taz and Moose on CBS Sports Radio. Our special guest right now is Bobby Coppin, the former Cowboys linebacker and NFL analyst. Uh, one more thing, real quick, uh, Bobby on the uh, on the Browns. So about Freddie Kitchens, I mean, Moose and I were talking earlier about that, all these penalties and just tons and tons as, as you just went over them all. Uh, not all, but you know, you know what I'm saying. Do you put that on the head coach as a former player and yourself and, and 
you know, the, like the lack of discipline. I mean, do you put that on Kitchens? Does does it come off like maybe Kitchens trying to be too much of a player's coach type guy instead of a, a hard ass like a Belichick? You know, I don't know if he's necessarily, you know, a player's coach. I, when I listened to him talk in the press conference, he was on the staff in Dallas in 2006, and a lot of the things he says are kind of Bill Parcells' things mm. when he's talking publicly. Um, but it, it all falls on the head coach, and so – you know, the behavior you see is either taught or allowed. And so either they're coaching it or allowing it to happen. So he's got to find a way to get those things corrected. I'm sure that he will. Like okay. He comes out publicly yeah. and says some things that I think sound like he's in support of his players. And I, I think that he does. But th- there's a balance. And I, I do believe that he's going to try to run that team with probably, you know, so, as some of the mentors he had. And, you know, Bill being one of those guys. So I, I, I would tend to believe – this is not going to be a pleasant week of practice. He's not going to be like, you know what, guys? Those penalties will take care of themselves. Mm. I'm sure they won't happen twice. Gotcha. I think this will be more of somewhere he will then screw down on his players this week so this doesn't happen again. Uh, Bobby, you mentioned one of the more impressive performances. I, I agree with that. I thought the Giants would play a, a better football game than they did. Defensively, was absolutely atrocious. But from a Cowboy perspective, now the Elliott stuff is in the past. He got a little bit of burn yesterday. Prescott looked absolutely brilliant. We know what that defense can go out there and do. Offensive line, too. He had weapons. Gallup clearly is taking a step forward. You got Randall Cobb, the former veteran from the Green Bay Packers. You know, this Dallas team you know, hits the ground running, which is something you want to see for a team with the expectations. Now with the Elliott contracts dispute in the rearview mirror that you want to see, that have aspirations of not only making the playoffs – but going deep into the playoffs. Yeah, they, they looked really good. And I think they're a very good team. They're a very talented roster, especially when they have Zip back. And that's all in the past. And he was pretty good, especially for practicing you know, three days. Him going out and playing. I mean, I, there was a little bit of rust. You could see, I think he got a little gas at points in time. So he's only going to get better. I, I, I would I, I want to hesitate because I don't think that they're a team that's going to score you know, 40 points a game every single week. Um, and I think the Giants are probably a little bit better than what they showed as well yesterday. But this Dallas team is they're one of the top two, probably the top three or four teams in the NFC. And getting to the playoffs, then it's just going to be their time to execute, which is ultimately going to fall back on Jason Garrett, who's in a contract year as well. And, but winning a ton of uh, regular season games, uh, if they can try to get a bye, get some home field, that's only going to help them in the playoffs. But that is ultimately where they're going to be judged right now. Not just by the fans, but by their owner, who's going to be making decisions on, you know, coaching and personnel moving forward. Yeah, you know, uh, Bobby uh, Moose and I were talking a lot about the Cardinals and the, the Lions game. We're talking about Kyler Murray, and you know, I, I watched the, the bulk of the game, man. It, it seemed I don't know how I want to get your thoughts on Kyler Murray, but it seemed like, and I was saying this earlier on our show here, that Kyler just on the sideline, he just seemed disjointed, like he didn't on the field. It just wasn't working. He didn't have like any energy, and then like. In the fourth quarter, a couple of good throws, a couple of good catches by Fitz, Fitzgerald. He then, boom, he woke up. But uh, what were your thoughts on his performance? I mean, his numbers end up being pretty good, throwing over 300 yards. But early on, I didn't see that. But I'd love to get your take, uh, you know, from a professional standpoint on Kyle Murray. You know, I think that's it's just kind of his personality. I don't think he's a, a really outwardly emotional person. And so, you know, people compared him to Baker Mayfield, who, like his emotions, he's got a sponge, and then you squeeze and they just pour on out of there. Uh, as opposed to, you know, Kyler Murray, he's very level. And so when he's playing bad, you know, he kind of looks like he's got, you know, blank over on his face and playing really well, making some great throws. Yeah, he might smile and get a little bit more excited. But he's not a guy that, you know, 
it looks to be you know, all that outwardly emotional anyway, which, which is good and bad about that, but that's just who he is. So you, can't, you don't want to try to change that because then it will look inauthentic. He started slow. They picked some things up. Um, you know, played well, much better in the second half. Uh, I'm just curious to see kind of as this thing goes. And the Lions are a decent team. I don't think they're the best team in the NFL by far. So as they continue to move down this road, I'm curious to see how how this offense is going to try to adapt. Because now the more they play, the more film they're going to have. And right. people are going to be able to figure that thing out the more you get, the more it goes. So it's going to be up to Cliff Kingsbury to put that team in a good situation. And also on top of that, this roster isn't all that much better than last season. And so you also need to remember that this was a bad team last year for a reason, and they're going to be a, probably a, a bad team this year simply due to a lack of talent, if nothing else. You know, Bobby, out, you know, out to uh, L.A., the, the Chargers and uh, and the Colts game, number one, what you saw from Jacoby Brissett now that he is, quote-unquote, the man in Indianapolis as their quarterback. Um, and what would your message be to Melvin Gordon after watching what Eckler did uh, in that backfield, running and catching for the Los Angeles Chargers? Um, Jacoby Brissett, you know, I thought he played really well. He made some really nice throws. Uh, it was great to see because, you know, he's a guy that's put in a really tough situation. He's going to be compared to Andrew Luck. And I think he held his own. I mean, this isn't going to be 2017 for him because their offensive line is so much better. So he, he carried himself very well, performed very well. And they've got a – the Colts have a good team. And so they have a good roster top to bottom. Having a great quarterback helps. I don't know if Jacoby Brissett could be, you know, as good as Andrew Luck ultimately was. But I think he can be better than what a lot of people believe initially – and then Melvin Gordon, I mean, this I've said this, you know, multiple times since he held out. Like the leverage between him and Zeke was incredibly different. Number one, the Spanish don't deal with people like this. They offered him ten million a year. I don't know what the guarantees were. He should have jumped on that. Um, because your leverage isn't due to how good you are, it's due to how good your backups are. And they saw this from Austin Eckler last year. They also have Justin Jackson who played really well. And they have a team that's built around Philip Rivers and what he's able to do. So He's not a, as vital of a cog to his team as, as Zeke Elliott is to his. And yeah. As good as Melvin Gordon is, he's not – I mean, I don't think anybody is going to go out there and give him $15 million next year on the open market. No, not the case, Bobby. We'll let you go on this. Doubleheader of Monday Night Football tonight. You know, for our audience out there, you know, what are you going to keep an eye on early game Saints and uh, and Texans down in New Orleans? And then you know, what will be an intriguing atmosphere out in Oakland with the Broncos going to town to take on the Raiders? Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm curious, isn't the Raiders, how they're going to be able to move the football, like where their offensive weapons are going to be. You know, they didn't have Antonio Brown really all camp, but I think they anticipated him getting back. So now Gruden's been able to tweak that offense against a pretty good Denver defense. Like, Vic Fangio's going to have those guys greased up, Chubb and Miller on the edge, and they're going to be bringing a ton of heat. How does Derek Carr respond to that? Can they block him up front? And then you look at the, the Saints and the Texans game. You know, can the Texans protect Deshaun Watson? If they can, it'll be a close game. If they can't, I think the Saints end up running away from this. and They've got to find a way to keep their young quarterback upright. Bobby Carpenter, a former star at Ohio State, Dallas Cowboys, NFL analyst. Hey, Bobby, we appreciate the time, as always. Uh, we appreciate you hopping on here on this Monday morning. Have a good Monday, a good rest of the week, all right? Thanks, Bobby. My pleasure, gentlemen. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.